said that he was gonna fulfill were written about him. Like how he gotta come and get sacrificed and stuff like that. Even even him getting uh, sacrificed was a Levitical custom. Yeah. That's why they call Jesus the Lamb of God. They used to sacrifice lambs, but that lamb, it couldn't even have one leg shorter than the other. Yeah. It had to be a perfect lamb. You see, right. that's why. With no bones cracked. There you go. So Jesus was what? Perfect. Yeah. So what did Paul say? Present your body a living sacrifice. That means you can't just go to these clubs. You can't just be a whore. You can you see what I'm saying? That's why he said in, in Romans, he said, present your body a living sacrifice. That's holy and pleasing to God. Totally. So yeah. God is not going to just accept somebody that just eats anything. You see what I'm saying? He's not going to accept somebody that just is an idolater. But I, I can go into but that remember, type of stuff, yeah. but I'm not I'm not just a mm -hmm. I'm not just an Israelite enforcer. Except how? But Romans 15. Mm -hmm. Except how? What do you mean? Accepting to paradise or accept Oh, acceptable like when when you had a sin offering or something, your sins would be forgiven if God accepted your sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Like God will reject a lot of people. Like, see, what, what a lot of churches don't explain is like severities, but it says it clear. The wages of sin is death. So for people going out and doing what they want to do, they get put to death. It gets, and, and, and it gets messy. And, and like you said, you said some people are spiritually blind. You said that, yeah. right? So let me show you how the spirit stuff works. Everything we do. I saw you playing the Wii earlier. The you switch. The switch. Yeah, not the Wii, the switch. You familiar with the game Mario Brothers? Yeah. yeah of course you are. <laughs> Mario gets those stars, right? What are those stars called? Power stars? Yes, they spirits. You can Google it right now, they spirits. So you got a spirit that makes you throw a fireball. You got a spirit that makes you untouchable. The enemies can't even touch you. That's how life is. The everything, the everything, the games, and if you're not into the uh, the Bible, they'll give you Super Mario. But it's all the same thing. So once you go through life, I'm finna explain the spirit thing to you. Holidays. If if your child was raised up on birthdays, right? You give them a gift, nice gifts every birthday. Or you just give him an average gift. He just wants a gift every birthday. That one time you don't give him a holiday, watch that child turn on you. You see what I'm saying? Because you're stepping outside of what he's used to. But it's just a holiday. That's one. Two, look at the drugs out here. Let somebody smoke weed every day, all day, until their money runs out and they can't buy it. Their friend's not around to smoke it with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Their attitude changes. That's because that weed put a spirit on you. That, uh... The uh, birthday holiday put a spirit on you. You could have alcohol. One, you you could buy a bottle of liquor and it says spirits on it. That's because it puts you in another spirit. Some people, they cry when they get drunk. Some people get violent when they get drunk. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it puts yeah. you in another spirit. God is not gonna accept a drunk spirit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because all drunkards can have the kingdom. You could jump in the car drunk and go run into somebody, not a scratch on you, but you killed a, a whole family. That's not acceptable to God. You never tried to hear Romans 12. You didn't even try to hear the Baptist, brother. But the only thing you wanted to hear was a bottle of Jack Daniels every day. You see what I'm saying? How is that acceptable to God? I know I know, we know, but this is the question that I would ask the people. But I'm, I'm not even like just a Bible enforcer anymore these days. I'm more like, listen. But if people ask me, then I just share my input on it. But Do you think a, a drunk driver who kills a family can be accepted by God? All sin is forgivable. Yeah. Um, 
because, well, everyone, he, uh, they, I believe in uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 2, uh, tells about be reconciled to God. And see this, and, and notice what I said. I said a drunk is not acceptable to God. A drunk that says, you know what, I don't want this drink no more. Let me go listen to the Baptist brother. Let me go listen to the other young man, see what they're talking about. I'm going to be reconciled to God, like you said. That's acceptable. Uh, Jesus told them, uh, what do you say in John, Mark 1 and 15, I think, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go and sin no more. But you got you got to repent. Repentance is turning away from sin. That's what repentance is. Some people, well, when I was a kid, we used to just go to church, and we had this part in church where we stood up. We said, "I re I repent of my sins. I've sinned. I repent of my sins." And later on, the church would let out. We would go back to doing what we done, yeah. and and be right back in church the next Sunday, saying, "I repent of my sins." No, <laughs> repentance is forsaking drug dealing. You are ruining people's lives. You make your mom sad. When the police catch you selling drugs and you go to prison and you're writing, Mom, hey, Mom, you got some commissary. I love you, Mom. I'm going to do better when I get out. Sin hurts everybody. So you have to forsake that sin. So an active drunk is not acceptable to God. Yeah. And, that, and that's a hard message. So people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. So that's why I really don't enforce it. Live your life. But you did read, like we all read, that the wages of sin is death. So next time after you kill that family, maybe you're gonna roll the dice until you hit a semi next time. You see what I'm saying? The wages of sin is death. But I don't enforce the word no more. But that's what we're supposed to do. In the season and out of season is preach the word of God. There's, God is always gonna raise up brothers for that. Uh, David, if I'm not mistaken, he taught Israel for 20 years. You, like they tell you the length. Uh, Samson, he ruled, I think he ruled Israel for like seven years, like it tells you all the time. When God moved him, he raises up other prophets all the time. There will always be somebody out there telling the word of God. So you're saying, um, do the not word. say to yourself that you have Abraham as your father for out of these stones, he can raise up children for Abraham? Are you saying, is that what I'm saying? Yeah, now? yeah. Like, kind of like in that, in that scripture right there. John says it multiple times. He's like, uh, when he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he's like, do not say to yourselves that we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. And see that that out of these stones thing, God raises up dudes that were ex-drug addicts, ex-cons, ex-prostitutes. You know what I'm saying? Because if you look in Exodus, Miriam delivered Israel too. They had women saviors and uh, judges. So there will always be somebody that God reserves, like in, uh, of in Romans where he said, I have these 7,000 men who haven't uh, bowed down the ball. Yes. It, it's the same thing as what you're saying to Abraham. That God, I, he might not necessarily need Clyde. He's gonna raise up other soldiers. Right before I step down, God might raise up 10 soldiers on the next street from here, because he know, he know everything. He know I'm going into something else. His word is still gonna go out. That's just how God is, he, he plays chess, so. And, just the, and to bring up the other point, uh, the, uh, I believe it's Proverbs, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns many people. Straight like that. But I think is that I'm trying to tell him to get baptized because mm -hmm. he, uh, but to reflect on what you was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. uh, John talks about uh, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought, that's what I feel like you was bringing that, that scripture up. But, 
you must get baptized because back to the law, it's mm -hmm. required by the law that um, the shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Right. And so when Moses was in Exodus, he had the, he had the scroll and he put the blood on the covenant. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the blood of the covenant. Mm -hmm. And then that, and even when we take the Lord's Supper and whenever he told, uh, when he brought the 12 disciples around and he had told them to eat the, eat the flesh and eat the blood. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the blood of the covenant for the forgiveness, for the forgiveness of many, you know, right. is that, you need that blood to receive forgiveness for your sins because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so we do not become a righteousness of God without Christ. Now you said you go around telling people to get baptized, right? Yeah. I agree with that. John said, I baptize with water. The next one will baptize with Holy Ghost. He said fire. And fire. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So boom that fire is the law all the prophets spoke that that's why when you, you you'll see other scriptures that say uh your word burned within my stomach you see what i'm saying like there are scriptures like that i haven't like it's some topics i'm just rusty on but fire uh righteousness knowledge all of it those are to israelites in the israelite doctrine those are all code they go back to the law light Proverbs 6 verse 23 for the law is a lamp and a light because some people say oh the light this the light that the light is the law you know what I'm saying so and it tells you in Proverbs 6 23 well that's the thing is that when the old covenant is read uh, when the old covenant is read a veil goes over the faces of those mm -hmm. and so in order for that veil to come off it's only pulled off by Christ because the father is revealed in the son mm -hmm. And so you have to have Christ in order for that veil to come off of your eyes. Just like how Paul, and uh, whenever he's in Damascus, and he's coming in and he's trying to go persecute the people, uh, the apostles and everything, mm -hmm. and he, he comes across Jesus Christ, and he sees a shining light. And he's like, who are you, Lord? He says, is Jesus the one you are persecuting? Mm -hmm. How, is it hard to kick against the goads? You know, it, that, and then whenever he was blind, now Paul got blind after that. And then he went to the, uh, to the prophet Ananias. And when Ananias found Saul in the house, uh, praying because Jesus had told him to go there. He's, uh, I'll show you how much you must suffer for my name. Mm -hmm. And then whenever Ananias came in to Paul, he put his hand on him and said, uh, the Lord has sent me to open up your eyes, you know, and, uh, something like that. Yeah. And so whenever his eyes was open, it was these scales that came off of his eyes. He didn't realize he had scales on his eyes. You know, he didn't realize that he had that veil, but they came off of him by Christ. And so you, being an unbeliever, and it's mentioned multiple times, all unbelievers have their part in the lake which burned with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. He says, if you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sin. Indeed, you will die in your sin. And that's why the Holy Ghost, whenever the Holy Ghost comes, I, I forgot what that's because it was John. Mm -hmm. It was like, um, when the Holy Ghost comes and, and, hey, and uh, makes his presence, it's like, uh, he will prove the world wrong and, and like uh, in sin because they didn't believe in me and judgment. It was something like that. Yeah. And then, I don't know that verse, but uh, you know what the universe? It's the John I know. I know what you're talking about. Like I said, I'm rusty. I'm very rusty. I do so much reading and other things now. 
Like, I just read three chapters of a new book today. Like, I just try to, like I said, I try to paraphrase things. Everybody is going to have their own walk, their own way. And, you know, your righteousness, fortunately, is enough to keep your ass out of the fire. You know what I'm saying? My righteousness is only enough to keep my ass out of the fire. And we, we try to help others as much as we can. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I just do enough to make sure that what I give is simple and beneficial. I try to give people things that they can use. That's just my strategy. Okay. I don't want to try to tell you about, because why would I walk up on somebody that shoots heroin in their arm and start telling them about Christ walking on water? They can't use that. You see what I'm saying? I tell them about things that are realistic to them. Watch what you put in your body. That's what I would tell them. I would give them scriptures about, because that's rightfully dividing the word. You give what the people need. So I just try to give people what they need if I can. Other other times I'm not a extreme Israelite anymore. So because I, I used to go around, oh no, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm tired of doing it. I don't do that anymore. There's other brothers that do that. Hey, that's their thing. I'm done with it. Cause you can only do that for so long. You can bicker and tell everybody else that Baptists are wrong, the Catholics are wrong, the Muslims are wrong. 20, you've been doing that for 20 years. What did you get out of that? You see what I'm saying? So when I backed up off of that, I was able to put my books on Amazon. I talk about voodoo. I talk about so much things now. God used me for what he needed to use me for. It's time for me to get to the next level. There's always levels in where you are in life. You might be here in front of open door right now. Gee, two years from now, you might be bigger than Joel Osteen. You know? I have yeah, to say, no, I don't things like are that. going that way. Because you know how when we ever go to a restaurant, when we go to a restaurant, okay, when we go to a restaurant, yes, yes. we try hey, to pay for the food. I get my Medicaid card do we, tomorrow. Do and we make my um, dentures day after tomorrow? Do we make any excuses about paying the cost for the food whenever we go to the restaurant? Mm. So when it comes to Jesus Christ, there's a cost that, that, that it costs to come when it comes to following Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so how how you have the cash register behind there and you're telling your stuff to him and you're paying with cash. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ doesn't want your cash. He's sitting behind the cash register and he doesn't want your cash. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be like, hey, I left my home, here you go. Hey, I left my father, here you go. Yeah. Hey, I left my mother, here you go. Hey, I left my brother. Hey, I left my sister. Hey, I left my friends. Hey, I left my old ways. Hey, I left everything to follow you. Right. So now what would there be for us? Boom. Oh, it's something great for you. And so it requires you to give that all up. Because in the same way, you must give up everything that you have. Or you cannot be my disciples. But you, you get it all back. You get it all back. When I first started doing the Israelite thing, being extreme and... Man, you go through hell. Like, if you look at everybody, they went through hell. Uh, Moses didn't go into the promised land. He went through hell just to get other people into the promised land. And the people that he initially came out with, they didn't even get it. You know, they yeah. died and their kids got it. Everybody went through hell. The disciples, they start getting killed by by the, uh, the kings and things like that. Everybody 
And then you, you're gonna have to die daily, like Paul said. You're gonna have to kill the old man that was lustful, the old man that was an alcoholic, the old man that was a gambler. You have to die daily and, and focus on Christ and focus on your walk, right? But you do get everything back. It said, it's a scripture in Proverbs. It says, uh, you you probably know it better than me. It says, uh, follow me and I'll give you the, the lights of your heart or something like that. You know, you know it's what I'm talking about, though. I think it's Psalms 34. Boom. Believe in me, 34 verse 7. I yeah. Think. Believe in me, I give you the... So everything came back. I only wanted to publish one ebook back in 2019. It took a long time. Going through hell, I lost my, uh, my ex-wife. I'm homeless now. Man, I got like $20,000 in jewelry. I got like 10 of it on me. Like right now, that came back. I got four ebooks published last summer. Like I lost everything. I only wanted to publish one ebook. Well, one book. I didn't know it was gonna be an ebook. I didn't know how it was gonna work. My books are on Amazon. They on Book Baby. They on Kindle. Then not only did I publish them, I gave them to the pastors inside of there because you could give them away for free. I gave them. Some people around here bought them. Like the guy, that black guy, he bought all four of them on Fourth of July last year. So it's. You'll know if you follow God the right way and did what you were supposed to do because all your suffering, you're going to get paid for that. Like in the New Testament, it tells you God doesn't forget your works and you're going to be compensated for your works. I didn't go looking like, hey, God, I want this. I want that. Now, in the back of my mind, I was like, damn, I miss having jewelry. I miss when I had money, a little bit more money than what I have. Damn. My whole life is laid out. I never even knew that I would know the things I know now. I have a big library. I just learned two words today. Anachronism, I didn't know what the fuck that was. Facetious, I didn't know what the fuck that was. The first word means outdated and the other one means funny. I didn't even know that. So. Well, more knowledge, more grief. Boom. Uh, that's, uh, don't tell me. That's Ecclesiastes 1 verse 18. I know these things. I'm a, I'm a powerful Israelite. I delved in a little voodoo, but don't, don't worry about what I just said about this. But I am super knowledgeable. Anything I come across, I just practice, and that's not for everybody. I let it be known. I subscribe to the Israelites. I know what the Bible says, but more knowledge, more grief. That's Ecclesiastes 1 verse 18. I am super mindful. And he says, if you know the knowledge of truth, will you deliberately and purposely continue to sin? And what was the point of the sacrifice of sin? Boom. Because when we died, we died when we got baptized. Because when we got baptized, we got baptized into Jesus Christ's death. Mm -hmm. And then when we died, we were resurrected from the dead. To no, longer yeah, to no longer live the way we used to live, but to live the new way. And the new way is by having faith. And to, to walk in the new way of the Spirit instead of the old written code. The so. new way of the Spirit is love and peace and joy for bands, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, I understand that. Do you know what um, Thessalonians chapter 5, I think it's, it's either chapter 5 verse 5 or it's 5 verse 21. But do you know what this is? It says prove all things. There's three words. It's prove all, prove all things. So... I have some proof in my paradigm because I study, study, study. I got proof in my paradigm of why of why I move around a little bit the way I do. I got proof. I'm not gonna go into that because it's for sale. But I like 
once you have this relationship with God, it starts off like that. But it turns into something else. Once you're so dedicated, you're so adamant about what you're doing, it's going to turn into something else. You're going to learn more knowledge and more knowledge. You're you familiar with the term the rabbit hole? The rabbit hole means you're just going deeper and deeper. Y'all know that. And you keep finding out things in the rabbit hole. It's no different with spiritual texts. It's no different with the Quran. It's no different with the Bible. You keep going down a rabbit hole. Then you find out words like pseudepigrapha. You know what pseudepigrapha is? It's when they said that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote these books. They really didn't work. write them. That's pseudepigrapha. So when, once I understood things like that, and it took me years to understand things like that. It probably took me like one or two years, maybe three, to understand things like that. Then I came, I, one book references another book. So I will read something. It'll tell me about something else. I go read something else. He knows. I know. I gave him my blue book that he's felt. You, you didn't read it all. You read it all, brother. It's only an hour long. Read it all. It's called the severity because there's information that only pastors know. Like, pastors know what I put in the severity. He pulled me aside. He said, What made you write this? We can't tell that to normal people because they'll go back to it. You can't scare the fish. The fish will go back to sin. I, didn't, I, I made it a point in that book to say, hey, I believe the Bible, whatever, but this is true. It's a difference between fact and belief. So I put some facts, hardcore facts in that book, and I gave it to him. And he told you the name of it, the severity. It's called, huh? it's called the Book of Lives 2, the severity. The Book of Lives 1 is about race relations, and it's called It Was Written. But, yeah, man, I, I, I commend you for what you know. You're very intelligent. I thought you was just some fucking nut job until you start, you know, telling me your point on stuff. You very intelligent, man. So, what's your name, brother? Jeremy. Clyde. My little brother's name is Jeremy. So, yeah, it was nice to meet you, and, you know, iron sharpens iron. Keep going. I guarantee you. You'll be bigger than Joel Osteen, even if, if, even if you only look at yourself like that, because it... They got limits too. They got things they won't stick their toes in. They they won't look at other things too. I don't see how an apostle can be a pastor. Because even Paul tells you that we didn't use any of these rights. One of them was getting money. You know, he was like, woe to me. Who does not, um, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. You know, that's what Paul expresses that, the final charge to Timothy. Right. You know, he charges Timothy, my son, you know, because that's what he was call, calling me. Right. Uh, he's the son. He was like, my son whom I love, Timothy, my final charge to you, you know, uh, to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Mm -hmm. Do the work of an evangelist mm -hmm. to evangelize the people. Because mm -hmm. it's like, if we know the message that saves everyone in this world, back that message that saves everybody in this world because because whenever we it's just like a doctor that's why I was giving that doctor reference it's like what kind of doctor would I be if I had a patient come inside 
and he's asking me all these questions, and I just just ignore them, but just give him the medicine and just sends him on his way. Right. Like that's not a really good doctor. Right. The patient comes there to want to know something, mm -hmm. um, something that'll save his life. Right. And we're just holding that back, that information, and just keeping it to ourselves and not expressing it to everyone that needs it. You know, the God, the Word of God is made for everyone. But you, you got to look at what the Scripture says. I, I do believe it will Paul. He said, I labor not for myself only, but for those that seek understanding. So like you said, they come wanting to know stuff, but not everybody comes wanting to know. But lots of people come. But they they might hear it from hear it from Jeremy or hear it from Clyde and say, hey man, those are false prophets. Like when I first started doing this, so many people called me a false prophet. Those people, I seen a royalty check off what I know. Like what I what I teach is very valuable. When I start, you're in the age of information. I understand freely give, but freely receive, and all that stuff. I understand it, but lots of information is valuable. You can sell it. So at the same time. If you can do anything better than Jeremy and Clyde, go go evangelize better than us. God gave you gave you that, but most people don't do jack squat, and they have the most to say. I, I digress, but people have to come wanting to know them the the, uh, the formula. Not everybody comes wanting to know. People get turned off. Oh, oh, there go the Israelites. Oh, there go the Jehovah Witness. Have you ever seen Jehovah Witness coming? Hey, uh, Your relative shut the door. You know what I'm saying? That's not seeking it. If, if you were like really um, staunch and not, uh, and serious about, you know, God, you, you will at least hear them out and give them five minutes. But you see them coming and that just turns you off. Lots of people see people talking about God and they be like, oh, they talking about God. Don't go over there. They know they got some type of vice. They know they might be violent. They know they might be prostitutes. They know they might sell dope. They don't want to hear God right now. They want to hear their next drug sale or whatever they got going. Well, so, Paul does talk about do not allow them in your house. I get that. Or you're helping them with their evil work. Right. I get that. And then he also talks about if, uh, also, Corinthians, he talks about uh, if you have a brother or a sister that is an idolater or sexually immoral or, uh, or, uh, it was an idolater or sexually more mm -hmm. drunkard or swallowed or reviled mm -hmm. or something like that. Do not associate with them. Right. Or do not eat with them. Right. Don't even sit at a table with them. Yeah. Uh, that's probably Corinthians 10 because light don't have fellowship with darkness and, you know, yeah. things like that. Like old, 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 uh, on the old unleavened bread or yeah. do not mix the old Unequally yoked and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. And so, you know, when you get into, um, What's that book in the Bible where it says, um, it might be Luke, where um, it's a parable told about Abraham and the guy, the yes. rich man, Lazarus yes, and yes, the rich yes, man. Yes, yes. So what did he say? He said, there's a great gulf fixed. So a great gulf means like a grand canyon. There's a grand canyon between a follower of God and a secular person. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They can't come over here and follow God with us and we can't go over there and see him with them. We, the, it's, the difference is too big. You, you're gonna, you gonna talk about God every chance you get. They gonna talk about football every chance they get. You see what I'm saying? So it's a great gulf fixed between you and them. So that even if you wanted to fellowship with them, that's not even gonna go right. Because 
it's, it's a conflict of interest. Nobody's gonna follow the other person. So that's why the scripture says, uh, don't forsake the assembly of the congregation. You you go go with like-minded people. Other, you know, at least at least some people that wanna be righteous. I, I'm not a Baptist, but I could talk to you because you at least want to be righteous. You at least know the word. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, I'll get along with you before I get along with a sinner. You know what I'm saying? It's all gang banging. It's all gang banging. So, you know, that's just how I look at it. Uh, my only thing is, is that, because uh, the Israelites believe that only the black race is the Israelite people. Nah, they don't believe it. No? No. They they say uh the so called Hispanic black and uh so called black, Hispanic and the Native American is the Israelites. Native American is Israelites? Yep. But like I said, not all Israelites get along. We argue over different doctrines. We argue about the new moon. We argue about the food doctrine. We argue about uh the um the, uh, the the other nation doctrine, like there's other Israelites that let white dudes come in the uh, they church and congregate with them. You know what I'm saying? They they do that. And then you got some Israelites. Of course, they don't do that. Like, I mean, well, it's cause I believe it's in that thing where it's uh it's Christ divided it. I think it's uh dividing like uh church leaders, church, mm -hmm. church leaders. It was like it's Christ divided it. You know, are you a follower of me? Are you a follower of Paul or, or, or Paulus? Yeah. You know, yep. it was like... Um, we look, actually taught that here last Sunday. We was talking about that last Sunday. It's because, it's um, basically, it's like, is the image of God divided? It's not. It's one in accord. And so, since Jesus Christ is God and God is Jesus Christ, is one and the same. Mm -hmm. And so, everyone in the world is made in the image of God. And we're all God's children. So, you can't divide. Yeah. I'm going I'm to say something right there. In John 8, verse 44, he said, you are of your, you are of your father, the devil. So not everybody, not everybody is a child yeah. of God. And see, that's, that's where we get divided at. That right there is where we get divided at. I might like to get high. I might like to get high, and getting high in drugs is my God. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm going to follow. You see what I'm saying? Every tree is known by its fruit. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We don't even believe that the trees in Genesis are regular trees. John the Baptist told you that they weren't. He said every tree that bears corrupt fruit or don't bear no fruit will be thrown, cut down and cast in the fire. You see what I'm saying? So if you go to, um, I forgot what, what scripture it is. But, uh, Matthew 3? No, no, no. It explains the trees. But it, it's so weird. But every tree is known by its fruit. Because you, you, you do oh, have Matthew problems. 5. No, no, no. Like this is, it's a, one of the one of the New York City Israelites had taught me because I, I I used to watch him a lot on YouTube and he he brought out this book chapter and verse about the trees and it's this one book chapter and verse that tells you about trees actually being like royalty and governments and it said that all nations were up under this tree now if it was a real tree all nations couldn't be up under it. a tree symbolizes 
government, it symbolizes power, it symbolizes rulership and influence and things like that. So everybody followed that doctrine and what that tree had to say. That's what that book chapter and verse would tell them. But I have to go, I have to go study it. But, but what does Jesus say that the tree is? The parable of the mustard seed. You know, it's, it's, uh, this mustard seed it starts off small, and it's the smallest of seeds, but it turns out to be the largest of plants. Mm -hmm. And then the birds come and perch on its branches. Mm -hmm. And so, in the gospel, one the first day that I became uh, homeless for the gospel of God mm -hmm. by choice. Oh, you the uh, one uh, Jay Rock was talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. He said uh, something about you. Said you you plan to be like this for a long time. He said you'll have your. Uh, your blessings 10 times 10 or something he was yeah. telling me. Yeah. He says, because uh, my thing is, is how many times does Jesus Christ have to repeat himself? How many times does God have to repeat himself before people actually do it? Hmm. Yeah? Because he's like, if you, he says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if it is of God. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, how do you test it? By actually hearing what it says and then doing what it says. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's like in James. He talks about, hey, in James, he's like, uh, do not merely hear the word and so to deceive yourselves, but mm -hmm. do what it says. And then Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I say? There you go. And so all of Jesus Christ's words is in the New Testament. There you go. And so if Abraham, which is the man of faith, right? If Abraham was in the New Testament, he'll be living, he'll become a disciple of Christ. Because he's the man of faith. And Jesus Christ is faith. Which means he would live, live the same way that Jesus Christ lived. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ was homeless. Jesus Christ was poor. And he mentions it multiple times. He's like, blessed are the poor now, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now, we, we got to look at Jesus Christ being poor. Because he told Peter to go open the fish's mouth. And Peter, what did uh, Peter pull out the fish's mouth? Before John McCoy. He pulled some money out the fish's mouth to pay the taxes. But so, what did he say before that? So a lot of people got to understand, money isn't everything, but most followers of God was not broke. I had to explain that to J-Rock. When Jacob left Lebanon, he had all types of stuff. Abraham had a bunch of stuff. Um, Hezekiah had a bunch of stuff. Adam was the Lord of the earth. These people were like Solomon was rich. You gotta, you gotta watch out for, you know, depriving yourself of things that you do need. You need these things. Yeah, but that's the whole point of Matthew six and Luke twelve. Nobody, nobody is gonna stress out about things, but nobody is gonna completely put everything on God. Like Proverbs six and five says, "Deliver yourself." You, no, nobody is gonna. You never in the history of the world had a homeless president because nobody really wants to listen to him. They're going to say, damn, he's without this. How is he going to lead a country? You see what I'm saying? It's just logic. When you see a man of power come around, he gonna have a, he's going to look the part. It's a scripture in the Apocrypha that says a man is known by his looks. You see what I'm saying? That's why Israelites wear fringes and everything. You see a, a cop wearing a badge. You see a doctor wearing a stethoscope. Right. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to be like, okay, um, I'm not even going to look like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to depend solely on God. I'm going to do everything within my ability 
every, everything I can't do, that's what I let God have. I don't say, hey, God, send me a job. I'm going to go fill out an application until I find a job because there's things I can do to bless myself. But if I can't do it, it's bigger than me, then that's what I let God handle. But I don't but know. is that the New Testament, though? The whole point of Matthew 6 and, and Luke 12 is do not worry about your life. I'm not worried about it, but there's things I can control. There's nothing we can control. We don't even have control over our own legs. You can control whether you go and get a paycheck. Most, most, most brothers, like, that's like saying, you know what? I don't need the word of God. I mean, I don't need a school education to read the word of God. I'm just going to let God teach me. When everybody that you knew went to school to learn how to read, most of your friends, did you graduate from high school? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You, you had to know the word of God by being taught how to read the North American language. You didn't just say, nobody in your family said, hey, we're not going to school. We're going to depend on God to let us read well, the Bible. Nobody Adam said that. What about Adam and Eve? Nobody said that, brother. No, nobody yeah. that you know said that. You didn't know Adam and Eve. Nobody that you know says, we're, we're going without an education. God is going to teach us what the word of God says. No, you went through first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, junior high, high school, and, now, and you knew how to read through all of it. You watch little shows on TV, Teletubby, Barney. They taught you how to socialize and read. You do the things that's in your ability to do. That don't mean you stressing about it. That means you have an initiative and a zeal. When Phineas killed those dudes over God's commandment, in, in the book of Exodus chapter 25, he had zeal. Initiative means, okay, there's a piece of trash on the ground. Let me pick it up and throw it away. That's initiative. Initiative is what drives you to go get a job. It drives you to succeed. When people lose initiative, that's probably one of the driving forces behind homelessness. Nobody wants to hear that. That's true. Do not lose initiative. No, a woman doesn't want a man that don't have no initiative. Family don't want you around. You don't have no initiative. Why do your 87 grandma, she 80, she got to go to work. You 25, 30, you don't want to go to work. She going to talk bad to you. She not going to really respect you as a man. That's, that's just the way the world works. It right. don't have to say it in the New Testament. That's just the way the world works. But, but is that how God works? Yeah, that's how God works. So did we, did we have to do <laughs> yes, that? that's to, how God works. Did, God went to work and said on the seventh day he rested. You see what I'm saying? That is work. Yes. Well, I, you know what? What do I know? I, I'm not mad or nothing. I'm just, my logic is a little bit different. But what I'm saying is this. It's not what we command. It's what the Lord commands. Right? And so when it comes to the gospel of God, the whole point of Matthew 6 and Luke 12 is do not worry about your life. Now, I haven't been over it countlessly with you. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there also. So if your treasure is on earth, that means your heart will still be for the earth. If you have things on the earth, you're still going to worry about things on the earth. But if you don't have things on the earth, you won't worry about anything on the earth. That's the whole point of us being heavenward, you know, so, because everything here is temporal. After Matthew, Paul tells the disciples that we all worked and earned our bread. We don't want y'all giving us bread. We worked and labored for our bread. Paul and the disciples were all working men. And if they were disciples, who were they disciples of? Christ. Christ said, I have work to do that's more valuable than eating. Christ didn't say, you know what, everybody's going to save themselves. No, Christ walked around and told everybody. 
he's labor. And I get what you're saying. You said you gave up uh, the livelihood for the gospel. I get that. But you're doing some type of work. What if you need to save a soul on uh, Milwaukee? God tells you to save a soul on Milwaukee. You're going to have to have, nine times out of ten, you're going to have to have at least $2 to get on the bus. Look, and God provides. And, and God do provide. So, but, you know, but what he provided for me and what he provides for you, that's going to be two different things. He's going to provide something different. Like, Matthew 6 is going to hit you different than Matthew 6 is going to hit me. True. That's, that's just, you know. But the action is going to hit the exact same. If oh, yeah, me and you, we're we not going to worry about, you know, tomorrow. We, that's one thing we both going to have in common. But I, I got to have some zeal. I got to attack the rat. I, I, do you have any children? No. See, when you have children, they're going to look up to somebody. That was, that was another reason for me publishing them four books. You can go to work every day and be an employee. <laughs> but me publishing books, my, my, um, my logo is on the book. You see what I'm saying? So my kids are also... And, I have a job at the same time and I have an operating business at the same time with passive income. Passive income is when you make money while you're sleeping. Somebody can buy my book while I'm sleeping. I want my children to think like that. If they don't learn, it's so many. So you're doing, you're talking about the seven ventures. Like, uh. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about, uh. I'm talking about children having somebody to look up to and pattern. When you have children, you are gonna be your child's first superhero. Before they learn about Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, they gonna learn about daddy and mama. But what mama and daddy is doing is what that child is gonna think it's okay to do. If you a working man, that baby is gonna think, hey, I need to work. If you a drug dealing man, the baby is gonna say, oh, it's cool to go sell drugs. If you're an addict, the baby is gonna think, oh, I can go stick a syringe in my arm. What about the Israelites? Whenever, huh? What about the Israelites whenever they were in the wilderness for 40 years? They didn't have no home. How do we know that? We do know that. They were they were in camps like the Feast of Tabernacle. No. They had tents. The Feast of Booths. That's a tent. Not in the wilderness. In the wilderness, you came. They came out of. They came out of Egypt. Rich Pharaoh gave them all the gold. Tell me I'm wrong. They Pharaoh told Moses take this gold and get your people and get out of here because he was sad his son was dead. God killed the son. They all left yeah. rich. But that was before that, wasn't it? No. The the, the wilderness did. is after Exodus. That's what Exodus is. Exodus means people leave in mass. You can have an Exodus right now. If we all leave uh, downtown Lubbock and go to Parkway on the east side, that's called the Exodus. That means everybody's leaving. That means they Exodus is simply everybody getting the fuck out of Egypt. That's what that is. But they, they didn't have no rich. homes, though, that in that, in that four-year time period. They left with everything. They left with the animals. They left with the treasure. They had everything when they left. You got to understand it. Moses was somebody for Joshua. Moses was the predecessor of Joshua. They was going around killing people. They had swords and shit. Swords cost, they was taking over people's land. Everybody had land except for the Levites because the Levites ministered directly with God. He took care of them. But everybody else had their own land. These are in the scriptures. I don't understand how you missed that, brother. Uh, it's, it's my head. I said, I, I, as you say, it's, it's you see what I'm saying? Yes. So Exodus but, means everybody left. They did not leave empty-handed. Simple as that. The Mark's, Matthew 6, what you talking about? Solomon in all his glory. Like I said, Solomon in all his glory means his best clothes, his shiniest crown, 
all his houses and palaces with all the right. women he had. And That's none of it was dressed like the petal of a flower. So at the same time, do what's in your ability to do. If it's in your ability to be a king like Solomon, go be the king like Solomon. Do, but hey, do whatever God maps out for you, because that's what I'm gonna do. But God raised up a bunch of followers, and there were more people that had and used their ability than it was maybe homeless people teaching the word of God. Every every example, them boys was doing something. I just he says wherever your treasure is your heart will be there also and you cannot serve both God and money you're not serving money to go work money is a necessity you need money to pay the light bill that don't mean you worship money your car need gas gas comes with money that don't mean you worship money that means you out here taking care of your business you're maintaining things children have to be maintained you also have to raise them more than maintain they have to be food sheltered and clothed so that's, that's maintenance. Everything has maintenance. You maintenance in yourself. You got a jacket on. God provides. Yes, God provides. Right. So if you're not the one doing the providing, you know that God will provide for there's, all that stuff. There's a scripture in the Apocrypha. It says a lazy man is like a filthy stone. You know what a filthy stone is? It's a pile of shit. You don't want to be lazy if you don't have to be, bro. That's the point. The Bible teaches with all of that. In Proverbs 4, it said, My son, follow me, for out of these commandments are the issues of life. There's issues of life for lazy men, rich men, whores. It talks about all of that. Right, but that's not the New Testament. So the New Testament though. with Paul and the disciples who live like Christ, they follow Christ. That's what disciple means. He said we labor for our food. If you don't work, you don't eat. That came from Paul. You see what I'm saying? But he says, but to the one who does not work, but trusts in God, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. Hey, and like I said, my itinerary and my walk is going to be different from the next person's itinerary and they walk. I'm just doing things like everybody got their own spiritual gift. And Jesus also says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures it to eternal life, which a son of man will give you. Bro, we talking about real food. Yes, like, and that's real food. Real we food costs. Like, you have to buy these things. What about the bread that came from heaven? That didn't so, cost. So check it out. This place operates off donations. But I guarantee you somebody somewhere paid for that to donate it here, to give to the people that don't work. Somewhere work is gonna pay for everything. So if somebody delivers, if somebody delivers a pack of ham, somebody had to slaughter that pig. That's somebody's job at the slaughterhouse. You see what I'm saying? To bless somebody who say, hey, you know what? Um, it, it, it's not just God, it's, it's a whole process somebody worked with their hands Jesus, they say they said jesus was a carpenter or joseph uh, joseph it says for sure was a carpenter yeah jesus was a carpenter okay so if jesus was a carpenter jesus had to work come on man everybody got to work if you're a disciple of christ christ got a job you ain't got no job so but whenever jesus calls his first disciples what does he tell them he, he, says, caught, he, he caught the disciples on a job. He caught two dudes right. out of out of fishing boats. They was fishing. And they gave it up, right? <laughs> One they of gave them gave it up. Two, 
Two dudes gave it up. They left the daddy. The daddy didn't let the business go the way the daddy stayed in the boat and kept fishing, right or wrong. Yes. You see what I'm saying? But they, the disciples, if you're a disciple of Christ, look what they did. They gave up their worldly job to follow Christ. The whole point of Paul was that, hey, full devotion to God. He says, do not marry. He says, like, I would like you to be free from concern. Because he talks about a married man will worry about the worldly affairs on how to please his wife. But all I know, what you doing, if you really doing that work of God, like I believe you are, that's a job in itself. So you you still working. So that's a job. That is our job. We that get our fishing rod right. and we throw our hook at people right. and reel them in. Right. So that, that's a job. That is a job. But we don't get paid worldly money for that. You you might. There's... Yeah, and then I don't see why a person wouldn't. You got the Creflo Dollars, you got the TDJs, the Joyce Myers, everybody getting paid. Well, it's okay to get paid. No, it's all right. Can to the get world paid. can the world function without uh, currency? Yes, it can function. Cause it was God that created the world. It wasn't it wasn't what is visible that curated the world. It was what was invisible that curated the world. That's a good world. question. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't really have an answer for this. That's a good question. So if all currency burns and all people forfeit the worldly belongings, do you think that the world can persist? Or are you an exception? Is your case an exception? So, for instance, right? Because you, you say without no currency, can the world function? If everyone in the world was poor, that means nobody got no money. That means everybody is homeless. And the best example I can give you is how God took care of the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness. They didn't have nothing. They were in the trees. I just told you these folks had everything. <laughs> not, not for that specific verse. Not for that specific verse. Them, them people were celebrating. The, uh, they were keeping the commandments. The Feast of Tabernacles, that means boost. That was initially, when they was doing it, it was called the Feast of Boost. They had houses. They was not homeless out there. Israelites moved in camps. That's the significance of the Shafar. The Shafar is a ram's horn that they blew. One of the significance, that Shafar was good for war, it was good for calling meetings, and it was good for telling the people it's time to go. Every tribe went with their own tribe. You had 12 tribes out there. So everybody had their own space. They had everything they was dwelt in and everything. Because you got to look at it. When that one Israelite stole that Babylonian garment, he went and hid it up under his tent. He was not homeless. He had a tent to hide that garment up under. You see what I'm saying? I know that verse. But he had a tent. He was not homeless. Yeah, but a not tent is that, a house. I think that was after that. Like that verse but, in Exodus. It, it is in Exodus. <laughs> I know it is. It is in Exodus. But I'm saying for that verse, because that Oh, you talking about uh, that's after the You talking about the first generation dying off? But they was in the wilderness, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because it because it said that it was in there for 40 years. And that's why that verse goes back to Romans 10, where it talks about this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. It is in your mouth and heart the message concerning faith that we proclaim. And so Moses, in that time, when the Israelites were, were, were 40 years in the wilderness, mm -hmm. God did that for a specific purpose. Right, and that's, right. why, that's why Jesus keeps saying, he says, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the right, mouth of right. God. But every word that came out of the mouth of God was the commandments. Every word that came out of the mouth, thou shalt not. That's, that's what it said. 
That's what God was saying. God wasn't just telling people just nonsense things. He was telling them the commandments. A man shall live by the commandments. Right, to live by what he said. Right. And who is God? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because Jesus is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn over all creation. I can go for this. And that's the whole point of Isaiah prophesying about Jesus Christ. Because mm -hmm. Isaiah saw Jesus Christ's glory before he came. And then Jesus says, before Abraham, I was. Yeah. So we know that Jesus was in the beginning. Yeah. And so even and then Proverbs, he talks about, uh, Proverbs he has a whole section about uh, the wisdom part. Well, probably Proverbs 8, verse 8. That's Proverbs 8 goes into Jesus being there before everything was, before the mountains yeah. and everything. But in Proverbs 8, most people don't know. Yeah. And so, you all right, God? Right? Yes, sir. Christ, since Christ is the wisdom of God Amen. and the power of God, is the wisdom only comes from Jesus Christ. And, and wisdom comes in forms of words and thoughts that come through Jesus Christ. And so all of his words and all of his thoughts are in the New Testament. And so anything that he says about these specific subjects is exactly how we're supposed to live our life today. And so whenever Jesus Christ talks about don't worry about your life, that's what Jesus said to the disciples because all information was given to the disciples. The secrets of the kingdom of heaven is revealed to you, but not to them. Which means that's why that's the whole point of him saying that um, those who see will become blind and those who are blind may see because whenever in the prophecy of Isaiah, whenever the prophecy of Isaiah was like they have ears to hear but they can't hear, eyes to see but they can't see. And then Corinthians talks about what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things that God has done for those who love him. And there's some things that the human mind cannot fathom. You know, and this world is unfathomable because it's God's creation. There's some things that because human has a limitation. There's a human limitation on our mind. You know? We, oh, that's why I think Paul talks about that. It was like, uh, you know, I'm only speaking in this way so, and sort of like because uh, of the human limitations. So, I got a question. What are you going to do with what you, with what you know? What are you going to do with it? Well, me. And, and, and that's, that's really a poor question because you might not know right now. You might sleep on it, wake up in the morning and have the brightest idea you ever had in your life. That's really a bad question. I'm going to make a statement. Do something with what you know. It's a gift. It's a superpower. Do something with it. Do something great with it. I mostly preach. Most of the time I go to Growlay. And whenever I see a gigantic crowd, I'll preach in the street. And I'll run them through the commandments of God. And you speak to crowds? Yeah. That's why I was like, you should have came. Because it was packed. It was stuff. I'd be going to jail for it. And so, like, it was like 100 people. It'd be 100 people on that line. It'd be 50 on this line, 50 on the other side. And I'll go to Broadway, and I'll be sitting there by myself preaching. And my only, my only goal is I want to find a brother. And Jesus says, my mothers and brothers and sisters are those who hear God's word. Fuck salvation. <laughs> he says, he says, my mothers and brothers and sisters are those who hear God's right. word and put it into practice. Right. Whoever does God's will is my mother, brother, and sister. He says, blessed brother, those who hear God's word and obey it. So, like, you don't wanna, you don't wanna. Straighten out, you don't want to smooth out 
your your itinerary a little bit you don't want to just tweak it to where you can't go to jail and tweak it a little bit to where mm-hmm. you you merit and then when I when I mean merit I mean like you deserve because you you powerful powerful brothers deserve to be heard would you agree powerful men white black whatever depends depends what you mean by power powerful intelligence intelligent men deserve to be heard so you don't want to tweak it to where you look that part and you make the police officer even say what are you guys doing oh you're teaching the word of god you have a good day and they just walk away like they don't take you to jail you don't want to tweak it a little bit well because my only answer is scripture wise because that's not the only the only way i can explain it. he's like a man plans his heart but the lord directs his steps so how do you know your own way? And then he mentions it a couple of times. He's like, I know what the Bible says. Yeah. Like I told you, I used to be extreme like that. So that's why, that's why when I started the conversation, I said paraphrase in layman terms. You see what I'm saying? That's that's the thing behind Paul saying, I became all things to all men. You're gonna have dumb people who not on the level you are. You're gonna have to get on a level. You're gonna have to simplify some things. I don't think you want to adapt your ways for the laws of men or the ways of men Not but the only ways of men. only follow the, the, the way con- of god right the scripture says um study to answer all men these men gonna come to question you you can't answer every question in a philosophical king james wired like i understand what you said uh, like I, i'm gonna be real with you brother when brothers talk about the Bible in the way that you do, and I totally understand it because I've done it. I have done it. All my videos on YouTube, there are 100 plus videos. I have done it. You sound like a robot. You see what I'm saying? Like, I sounded like that robot. You have to. I had to. I ain't going to say you have to. I had to find my superpower, my identity. You see what I'm saying? And then, because you're going to save who need to be saved. You ain't got to go save the, the whole world. The scripture say, and me and you, we could talk about the scripture. It say the, uh, the angels rejoice over one person being saved. When when the world flooded, most of the world died except for Noah and seven other people. That's eight folks. You don't have to save a whole hundred people. But I don't know, like, the operation has to be, my operation had to be tweaked. And it had to look like something. Like, it got to it gotta be bold, brother. And this is like advice. Like it got to be bold to where men respect it. Cause when anytime you seen a mob boss, he was respected. Anytime you seen a Pharisee and they was respected by what they looked like and no matter what the scripture said about them, they looked apart. Mighty men need to look like mighty men. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Do you wanna because I understand where you're coming from. Do you want to reach people as meaningfully as possible? As deeply as possible? Well, to me, because it's a drive. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, like, because it came at me at a surprise. Yes, sir. Because I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have the, I didn't know what I knew now. And I got so much, uh, I've came across, I have a weighty testimony. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the stuff that I have experienced in my lifetime, it is what it is what has motivated me to be able to do the things that I do right now. How old are you, brother? I'm uh, 23. 20, man. This dude is a mighty dude. 
I'm about to be 38 in some months. Man, nah, bro. You are about to go to new heights, like blessing heights. Like, get, like you're going to do what you do, but you need tools. I agree, man. You need the house. You need the car. That's what you deserve in your life. That's, that's comfort. It's hard. It's hard to sleep in the elements. Like I sleep outside just to, you know. But it's hard to do that, bro. You need the tools to get by. Isn't it build character? Struggle builds character. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Maybe I'll say this. So whenever I became homeless for the gospel of God that day, and I had walked out of my house with both of my backpacks. Right. So I was like. I was walking on 50th Street. Right. I used to live on Boston Beach. 290146 Street. Right. Right there by the mighty uh, car wash. It's called car wash. So I'm walking up on 50th Street. And as I'm walking on 50th, I get both my bags and I come across Zaba Zaba Mochi, he's an anime character. Mm -hmm. and, and I hear it in my and Holy Spirit speaks to my conscience, he's like, even Zabuza has his sword. And so the sword of the spirit, which is the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right, I'll throw it. So I chunk both of the bags away and I turn around and walk. As soon as I throw them away, I do it on a bicycle, comes riding his bicycle with a black mask. And he comes near my bags and he says, hey, is this your stuff? I said, no. I mean, I said, yes, but you can have it. He was like, you sure? I said, yeah, you can have it. And so he grabbed both of the bags, picked it up and took it away. And I didn't see him again. And so now I'm walking with my clothes. Then I go to Clap Park. Now at Clap Park is the little dog hub is over there. So I'm out, as I'm underneath the shed and everything, and I see Zabuza draw his sword out. And I say, who should I go to? And he points his sword at an unbeliever. And so I go towards the unbeliever. And I start running through the gospel of God, giving him the commandments until I can help him understand. But he's like, I need proof. I need proof. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be blind and you're going to be blind. And so he's like, all right. So I stood there. I pointed at him with my left hand. I turned my side like that. I looked at him and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be blind. Now, he was, his eyes was open the entire time. He started flickering his eyes, which means something was happening to him. And how I realized something was happening to him was when he said this. He said, is this a demonstration of the Spirit's power by making me blink? Which means something happened to him. Something was making him blink. But I didn't realize that at the time. So I was like, all right, I'm going to walk up to this tree. Now, Martin, in Luke 17, sin, faith, and duty, you know, he says, increase our faith. He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in this seed, and it will obey you. Right. So I'm sitting in front of the crowd. I'm sitting in front of them, and I'm walking up to the street, and I'm screaming it out loud. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you, be uprooted and planted into the sea. And so I'm saying that over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> As you saying that in that same tone? Yes, same tone, over and over and over again. <laughs> and so now, as I'm, as I'm pointing at it, I start to feel something on my left finger. Mm -hmm. It goes from my left finger all the way up to half my arm. And so I'm feeling the Holy Ghost power. 
as I'm doing it. So I'm like, I feel it, I feel it. I'm about to really raise up this tree. Like, I'm saying it to myself, not that loud. Oh, but okay. I'm saying it to myself, right? Because the day prior, the day prior to this happening, mm -hmm. I had a dream, I had a vision. And now, Luke's, Luke 12, he says, consider the ravens. They do not sow, they do not reap, they have no storeroom or barn. It's really Matthew right? 6. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> But that's why I'm like, that's why I keep saying, well, how many times does Jesus have to repeat himself before people actually do? Mm -hmm. Because it, Roman, rich in the kingdom of God is mentioned four, it's mentioned three times. Right. You know? And then you have, it's like, the, and you have the first disciples, Jesus calls the first disciples three times. And it's synonymous gospels. So it's speaking all about the same thing, mm -hmm. repetitively, just in different portions. But back to that, um, I come across uh, the Luke 12 scripture and Luke 12, 22. And so... As I see these ravens coming, because my name was Lavender at the time, because when I was praying in the closet, I was praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right. Because I had came across this, uh, yeah, this 90-year-old man, and he was in the Pentecostal, right. and he would always come towards this light post, and he would say, "Baptism of the Holy Ghost, Baptism 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 of the Holy Ghost." And so I'm like, do I have to, you know, I started questioning. And so I went inside of the, um, I went inside of my closet and I started praying. And as I'm praying, I'm like, baptism only goes, 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 right? And as I lay down on the bed at night, I hear the sound of the Holy Ghost come inside of the room. I hear the Holy Ghost come in and it goes through my left ear. And it goes to my left side of the body. And so it, must, it starts to make the sound. It goes zoom, zoom, zoom. And then my name gets called three times like Sammy. He says, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. And then he gets the hammer and he boom, hits me on my head and I open my eyes. And then I close it again. And so now, when I, when I was sitting on the couch, as I was sitting on the couch, I had that I had that vision come to me from Luke 12. And so all these ravens, this bright purple, this bright purple, lavender fields underneath, ravens are coming around. There's even a brighter purple in the back of it. So it's a beautiful sight. And then it goes off to this pastor. Now this pastor is sitting in the congregation and he says, how many of you are believers? He said, y'all leave. He said, how many of you are unbelievers? Y'all stay. And then I heard my spirit. I said, I have faith. He said, I know you do. But what about them? So give them a demonstration of the spirit's power. Now, who is saying that to me? Because my voice, I said, I have faith. But the pastor in the vision, he said, I know you do, but what about them? So give them a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Who is that talking? That is God telling me, I know you do, but what about them? So give them a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And so that day after, that day after, because I had about five days before I had to leave my actual home. I looked at the bottom of the printed paper and, it, and I didn't have to pay the cash to stay there, so I chunked it and threw it in the trash. And so now I'm at Clap Park and I'm practicing 
and I'm saying the scripture. I'm, I had my Bible open, and I looked in the scripture, and then I read it, and then I said it. Because you're supposed to do what you read, you know? You're supposed to do what you read. Every word comes from the mouth of God, you know, because faith, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's where faith comes from, the word about Christ. Everybody has their, everybody has a cell phone. When they get their cell phone, they go to their Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or social media apps, right? And when you go there, you are the one that is pressing the button to send the message to a person. Oh, I'm going to send this message to, to, uh, to Sally. I'm going to send this message to Sarah. You, if you don't press the send button, that message doesn't go there. But since you do press the message, you do press the send button, that message that you typed in that bar goes to that person. Well, God got his cell phone. And he's like, all right, I'm going to send Jeremy to David. I'm going to send Jeremy to him. Boom. Because we don't have control over our own legs. The Lord directs our steps. So how do you know your own way? And we don't have control of anything. And so as I'm sitting there and I'm preaching, I'm well, not preaching, but as I'm sitting there and I, and I uh, keep yelling at the tree, I feel the Holy Ghost power again for the second time. Because I'm like, all right, I guess I got to wait. So I feel it come from my left hand all the way up to the top of my shoulder. And I just sit there and I just let it feel. I'm feeling it from my left finger all the way up to the top of my shoulder. And I'm like, all right, all right. So I yell at the tree one last time. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you be uprooted and planted in the sea. But nothing happened. And so that's when the cops came. <laughs> but the dude, but the people that were behind me, he said, what is he doing? He's yelling at a tree. He's a lunatic. He's crazy. Why is he doing that? But one of the people said, he's practicing his faith. That's what it means to practice your faith. I have, you have faith in Jesus Christ, so you practice what Jesus Christ said. That's why he's like, hey. Whoever hears my words and put them in the practice is like a wise man who built his foundation upon the rock. You know? You know? Whoever hears my words and put them in the practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because his foundation was built upon the rock. But whoever hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built this house on sand. The rain came down, the winds rose, the, wind, the winds blew, the streams came, the, the streams rose, and it beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. And so it's like, you know how we go up to the mirror all the time. You know, whenever we look one time in the mirror and then we like, oh, I forgot what I look like. That's what it's like whenever you don't practice and do anything that the gospel is saying to you. It's like you're walking up to a mirror, you read the scripture, but then you go back to it to read it again to, to regain reassurance. Same way that we walk up to a mirror and we gain reassurance on how we look like. It's like, do what it says. That's the whole point of faith. Can people find you or only here? Only here on the... Where? People can find me anywhere. Really? Mostly oh. Broadway. 
Mostly Broadway. Broadway Street in Lubbock. Yeah. This this is the, the road that you're on right now. This is this this the road is back there. You, you I know you've seen Paint Rock. Yeah, I know you've seen all those stores over there. Right. We're asking something real quick. Sorry, I have to get organized. That's oh, alright. What's your uh, what's your pen name? What's my oh uh, YouTube? For your books or YouTube, whatever. You can look at oh my god. Clyde Jackson IV. So it's Clyde Jackson the fourth. And you could Google that, it's gonna go to my YouTube and my books. Huh? Clyde Jackson IV on Google. You're gonna find everything you need to find. Them books ten dollars, but what's in them? They not getting getting taught. The information in there doesn't get taught at church, in the school system, or in the prison system. Right. Very useful stuff. Ten dollars is amazingly low. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yep.